Attended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Ensamo, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Velacci. Nick, it has been a while since we last recorded for this podcast. How have you been and uh, have you been up to anything special? Uh, I've been all right. I've been all right, you know. Uh, weather's getting warmer, so uh, I got my own ball season on the way. Uh, but besides that, you know, just watching a lot of Blue Jays, unfortunately, at this point, you know. Hasn't been the greatest as of late, but that's what we're here to talk about, right? Yep, uh, definitely uh, quite the tense time to be a Blue Jays fan right now. Uh, you know, some ups and downs, but that's the major leagues for you. That's uh, what baseball is. Very long season, 162 games. You're going to have your down times. You're going to have your up times. And, uh, you know, the vibe right now is a little tense, but... Good things are coming. I think we both agree with that. But let's dive into last night's game here to start this off. And uh, it was a tough one, you know, the grand slam to lose in that kind of fashion. Obviously, Goldschmidt is, you know, a future Hall of Famer, uh, just a fantastic baseball player. But definitely a gut-wrenching loss to lose just off a grand slam and, you know, walk-off grand slam against the Cardinals, who, you know, that was a team that you went in to St. Louis as the underdog. A lot of people didn't give us a chance as, you know, the Cardinals offense has just been so hot this season and uh, with the way the Jays have been playing, uh, you know, they put up a good fight. Barrios did all right. But uh, Tommy, is there any major things you want to take away from the Blue Jays? Seven to three loss last night to the St. Louis Cardinals in extra innings. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a couple of things definitely you can take away. Um, I mean, look, we got to give it up. Miles Nicholas pitched a great game, but same time, Jays have not been great lately. I'm going to I think personally, I wouldn't have had Berrios out there that long. I think, you know, going into that seventh inning, I just feel like the leash was too long. You know, I mean, he's been better as of late. But remember, the guy still struggled this season, right? So getting through six strong innings, that should have been it right there, in my opinion. You know, Charlie wanted to test his luck with him and, you know, left him in for one too many batters. You know, I think after, even especially after the first hit he gave up, that should have been it right there. Uh, Of course, you know, we now know that he didn't. He waited. Um, and other than that, that I think we'll get into later, I think we really have to take a look at Charlie's use of the bullpen. I think it hasn't been great as of late, and it was especially not great last night. Um, you know, bats are continuing to struggle. Vlad seemingly can't, you know, can't buy a base hit these days. Um, and, you know, story of the season, we're leaving 19 guys on base yesterday. So, you know, normally that would be alarming, but, you know, the way they've been playing, that's that's just the usual these days. Yeah, that's uh... – a very frustrating topic with runners in scoring position. The Jays not able to bring them home. Uh, but, you know, you look at Barrios, like you said, after that first hit, should have been yanked. Uh, you know, he's looking more like the Barrios that we were hoping to see this season. Uh, last night went 6.1 innings pitched, seven hits, three earned, did give up the home run, but he had seven Ks. I think Barrios is going to take some time to get into a groove, but, uh, 
you know, I'm not really worried 100% yet with him. You know, he's still probably the arm with the most talent on this roster. Alec Manoa, you know, that's a whole debate. He's been superb. And same with, uh, I guess, Cy Goss, if you want to call him that. But, you know, Barrios is still the guy that I think has that kind of pitch mix and repertoire that he can be something real special in this league. We've seen it for years now, and this is why the Jays gave up so much to get him and they gave him that long extension. But last night, Barrios, yes, he should have been yanked after the first hit, but I'm starting to see some progression with him. I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with him on the mound than, you know, the start of the season, especially after the home opener. That was hard to watch, but um, tell me, do you agree with me? Like, do you see the progression coming along with Barrios? Because he looks a lot better lately in his last two starts now. Oh, 100%. I think, honestly, even going back to when he was struggling, I would have probably had the same response. Like, yeah, it wasn't great, but I have no doubt that Barrios is going to be what he can be. We know we know what he's capable of and what he can do. Uh, and, you know, I, and even yesterday, I'm not saying that necessarily he had a bad, out, bad outing, but given the circumstances of the game, and his track record as of late, I just seemingly, I, I just seem to think that that decision wasn't the correct one. Not necessarily that he had a bad outing. Again, you look at it, six and a third, three runs, not perfect, but, you know, not terrible at the same time. I just think that given how the game was, you know, moving along, that somebody else should have been up in that situation. But to go uh, back to what you were saying, 100%, I think that he's fine. I think he's starting to figure it out a lot. I think we'll see a lot better moving forward. Yeah, I really hope so. I'm a huge Burrios guy. Um, you know, it's definitely sucks seeing him have the start that he had, but it's coming. I believe that the Jays are just, you know, that one special moment away from really breaking out. This team has so much talent and, you know, yes, it's tense right now in the city of Toronto, uh, definitely tough with the Leafs and the Raptors both going out and, you know, all eyes are on the Blue Jays now as the last team left, but, you know, I feel like they're just that one game that one moment away from really clicking into being a special team and you know that could be potentially as soon as tonight we still got a long season to go but uh i think they're close and i i know you agree with me as well the talent on this roster is you know arguably the best in major league baseball in terms of studs like vladdy guerrero arguably a top five player in baseball top three uh definitely could be an mvp candidate any year really uh you can make that argument uh, so this team, I feel like they're they're just in a tough stretch right now. But you agree, like they're just something away from just really turning it on. Yeah, I think that's the way these young teams kind of go. Uh, again, not a lot of veterans on this. Uh, I mean, you got Chapman who's been there for a while. Uh, Springer, who's you know Springer is the one guy who's done it all. Like, he's been there. He's been in the big moments. He's know he knows what it takes. But typically with these young teams, man, they they usually ride emotion, right? And right now you can see they're not having a whole lot of fun. Not a lot of dancing going on like normal. Um, but I think one big game, one big spot, you know, it's literally as easy as that. These guys got a ton of talent, man. Uh, definitely no reason to hit the panic button. I think it, it's one of those things where uh, it's frustrating to watch right now. But, you know, we know what they're capable of. And, you know, that extra, that extra playoff spot more than likely will, uh, you know, put us in a position where we do have a little bit of breathing room. Uh, nonetheless, you do want to take care of business. But I think more than anything – these guys can turn it around in a second. All right. Now let's go to the next topic. Uh, let's talk about Zach Collins. I kind of feel bad because, you know, Zach really embraced being a Blue Jay. I love seeing his tweets after Jay's wins, the win tweet. Uh, those are, you know, always good to see. But he got optioned yesterday. Merriweather's back. Uh, what is your initial thoughts on that? 
I mean, not to try to be negative here, but it's kind of something that I saw coming for a while. Uh, you know, Colin's track record in the majors isn't great. Uh, ever since he was kind of like that top prospect, he, did, he had that kind of top prospect shine. Really hasn't done much with it. Uh, looking back, you know, I think he posted a couple years where he had negative, um, uh, a negative, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, I got to look at the metrics, but anyways, he was, he was underperforming to say the least. Uh, anyways, looking back, he really struggled during his time in Chicago. Kind of why he didn't establish himself as that number one catcher that they expected him to be. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, we're kind of seeing that now here uh, again. Uh, when he had his hot streak, you know, it was great. Don't get me wrong. That kind of contribution in that moment was massive. Uh, you know, there were a lot of times where he won us games single-handedly. I'm not going to lie. Or at least played a huge role in them. Uh, without that contribution, the Jays would probably be in a lot worse spot than they are. But, you know, given a guy, the guy didn't have a proven track record to look back on and be like, okay, you know what? This kind of mirrors that. This is something that I saw coming, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, it, did I expect it maybe to be this harsh of a drop-off? Uh, not, not so much. You know, I thought that maybe he did figure some things out. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, his strikeout percentage was just too high. Um, and you saw, the, you know, the thing, the wheels really fell off there. And, they, and hopefully he can regain it because, again, having that left-handed catcher bat would be unreal come, uh, you know, late in the season or even postseason time, you know. But uh, unfortunately, this is something that seemed to be uh, in the works, you know, ever since he kind of started to slide. And, you know, we started to see him struggle. Um, hopefully he can regain it. But, you know, given his history, I can't be too uh, – too, uh, hopeful in that in that uh, regard. Yeah, you know, like you said about his strikeout rate, to look at the exact numbers in his 62 at-bats with the Blue Jays this season, he struck out 28 times, uh, finished with a 194 average and a slugging percentage of 387 and an on-base percentage of 275 with three home runs and nine RBIs. You know, Collins, like you said, when he came over, special time. Uh, you know, he looked like the prospect that he was hyped up to be. It was cool because, you know, it looked like the Jays could have found something here. Maybe they revitalized his career. But like you said, there was no real hope to think that it wasn't just a fad. Uh, it was regression was just coming. Um, it was obvious. And like you said, this was expected. I don't think anybody really expected him to stay on the roster as long as he did. Uh, but, you know, just the impact he had alone when he came over. Uh, you know, he, like you said, he helped us win a lot of games and we probably might not see him for a while now, but, uh, like you said, if that left-handed catcher spot down the season really worked out for the Jays, uh, that would have been huge. Um, you know, Jays alone in baseball in general, left-handed bats are, you know, something that everybody values and, uh, they're, you know, not the easiest to find, but he did have some power with them as well. So, you know, that left-handed bat on the bench with some power could have been very useful, especially down the stretch, like you said. But with that, let's go to our next topic. And that is the Jays' offense. And me and you were talking earlier about the weighted baseball theory and all that stuff. We don't want to get into conspiracy theories on this podcast and stuff like that. But, you know, I think it's fair to mention these baseballs are really hurting the major leagues. Don't you agree? Uh, 100% I agree with you I don't think it's even much of a conspiracy at this point I think it's kind of public opinion uh, you know I would go as far as to say public knowledge because the numbers back it up uh, without a doubt these baseballs are different these baseballs are very pitcher friendly 
Uh, we're seeing, you know, the average just plummet across the league. Everyone's struggling. Uh, home runs are down. Uh, and the problem with that, you know, it affects all offenses and the Jays particularly um, as well, because considering they led the league in home runs last year, you know, you're not seeing that level of production in the power department. And that's going to affect your runner in scoring position, uh, you know, how well you can do in those situations because you don't have the long ball anymore. Or at least the guys who did can't go to it as much. You're not seeing it as much. Uh, so, you know, I think that's something that unfortunately has affected everybody, you know, league-wide. It's not like it's only affecting the Jays. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know, this is the reason for their struggles. No, this is the reason for the league-wide struggles. I think it's a concern. But, you know, at the major league level with the talent that we have, we have to learn to adjust with that, I think. And I think if we're going to have success, we're just going to have to learn to deal with it. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we're, that's why we're starting to see with the analytics of baseball, like, me and you were talking about Ryan Tapia. His expected batting average is at 268, I believe, that I left a couple of days ago. And, you know, what he's batting this season, like, he's, you know, it's crazy the drop-off. His expected slugging as well it was at, like, 408. And then you look at guys like Vladdy, who, you know, last year, people, well, even this year, people expected 50 home runs out of him. And he's batting, like, 80 points lower on his expected slugging. And, you know, the ball just seems to be dead flat when it looks like it's going out of the park. Matt Chapman was a guy that you mentioned before we started recording. That's been, you know, a main victim of this as well. It's really frustrating because, you know, I'm a big home run guy. I think the home runs is what sells the game of baseball itself. You know, that's the most, I guess, entertaining perspective of the sport in that one play. It's like scoring a goal in hockey or soccer. Um, but we're just seeing it a lot less. And I told you that my opinion, looking around the major leagues in general, guys like Ronald Acuna Jr., I'm extremely nervous as, you know, a huge Fernando Tatis fan. These lean power hitters that, you know, we talked about, they look to find gaps and the extra base hits and, you know, to drive power there. But they got like they were getting the ball out of the park. And now we're seeing guys like even Simeon, who Simeon still hasn't hit a home run yet. And yeah, I'm not saying that he's, you know, a huge power hitter. But last year, seeing the drop off to this year, it's like astronomical. And even a guy like Key Brian Hayes, the young stud down in Pittsburgh, you know, he's struggling to hit home runs as well. These lean power bats, uh, I'm starting to get worried because now we're starting to see them drop a little bit. We knew the, well, we knew about the struggles with Bo Bichette early on in the season. He looks like he's starting to figure himself out over the last recent weeks here. I love Bo Bichette and, you know, he's definitely a top young player in baseball, but you know, that was another guy that I kind of got nervous with too, because, we're starting to see these slimmer built guys and their home run power is starting to lessen and lessen. And I don't think that's good for selling the game of baseball. I think home runs are, you know, like I said, very entertaining to the sport. So do you agree with that? I know uh, we had a very interesting conversation on this just a little bit ago. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. I think, uh, I think the biggest thing that I pointed out to you earlier was the fact that, you know, although some people don't like it, the way the game has evolved over the past couple of years, it's very home run and strikeout heavy. You know, pitchers are very, very uh, nasty these days. Let's, let's be honest. The stuff that they're throwing now is the best stuff that we've ever seen at the major league level. You know, the product of that is a lot of strikeouts. Now, the thing that balanced it out was that any moment a guy could square one up and it would leave the park, you know, and that was a very exciting thing. Unfortunately, now you're not getting that. So we're seeing a lot more pitchers dominate uh, and runs are suffering and offenses are suffering as a result. You know, I think that takes away from the average viewer and how they view the game, because let's be honest, guys who enjoy baseball and guys who understand and fans of baseball who can watch 
and know what's going on. Don't mind a pitcher's duel, but at the same time, attracting a younger and uh, newer audience, nobody really wants to sit around and watch, you know, two guys that they don't know who they are, just sit there and deal. Like that's not fun for them. You know, they want to see the ball get hit around the yard. That's what brings in viewers. That's what sells tickets. Let's be honest here. Um, you know, on the, on the point about Bo, I think he's kind of figuring it out himself. He, he was off to an awful start. Um, but again, his, the thing is like, if you look at a lot of these guys, baseball savant page, you know, you look at their advanced analytics, their numbers aren't that different from last year. You know, I think I'm looking at Vladdy's right now. The big standout for Vladdy though, is that chase rate. That chase rate has plummeted. Like he's 23rd percentile. He is struggling to take pitches that he should be taking. So I think that's where you're seeing his drop off, but that's only in the on base percentage uh, department in terms of average and slugging. He's kind of relatively ex, or, you know, expected uh, or sorry, in terms of the expected stats in the uh, average and slugging uh, spots about the same as where he was when he finished runner up in the MVP. So clearly that's his problem, <clears throat> but you know, league wide guys are hitting where they're supposed to Matt Chapman, for example, that we brought up, you know, sure. His whiff percentage, awful guys 14th percentile in the league so obviously what we learned from that is the guy doesn't hit the ball nearly as often as we would like him to but on the contrary we're looking at a guy who's top five percent in average exit velocity you know top two percent in hard hit percent so when he's hitting the ball he is hitting the ball very very hard but oddly enough it is not translating to home runs so not only does that take away from his team success but that takes away from the viewers uh, enjoyment as well because we're seeing so many low scoring games these days but overall, you know, it's hard to attract or it's hard to, you know, even, even for me, like a guy who loves baseball, you know, I don't want to watch my sixth pitcher duel in a row. I'd like to see guys get on the balls and, you know, and finally see some action. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree for sure. As you, you know, me personally, I'm a slugger myself. I'm all about offense and uh, you know, I could appreciate a good pitcher's duel once in a while, but you know, the thing that was cool about baseball is you look at the schedule and you somehow see the Sunday night baseball game would be like a DeGrom against Kershaw matchup or something just random where it's like two very unique pitchers and they go head to head. Like that's what made it so special is because baseball is known to be such a high scoring sport while well, used to be known as such a high scoring sport. And when you have these two like a Scherzer against DeGrom type of stuff, and I know they're on the same team now, but you know what I mean? Like growing up as you know, your childhood, when you saw like the aces line up together on the card, sometimes the games were busts, but you know, that's what made it special. Now seeing a guy like Ashcraft, who we played last weekend, go against, you know, like Manoa, like, yeah, that's awesome. Manoa's a fantastic pitcher, but like, I don't want to see games like that where they both turn into like, you know, Cy Young candidates. And no, like, I've just used Manoa because, you know, that just came to my head, but you know, you look down the schedule here, like just random pitchers who are usually the fourth, fifth starters for the rotation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even Perez out in Texas, they're turning into aces now. And, you know, that's not fun for me because, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've been watching a lot more Yankees games lately because they are, to me, one of the most exciting teams to watch this season. And why? Because they're driving the baseball with power. Aaron Judge, you know, as much as, you know, you got to hate him as a Jays perspective fan, but like he just crushes the baseball and that's exciting. And, you know, I've grown up all about home runs. You know, that's the reason I love the sports, why I fell in love with the sport. When I play the sport myself, you know, I'm that power hitting left-handed first baseman that drives the baseball. I don't care about base hits and all that stuff. That's just who I am. 
And, uh, you know, I could appreciate a good pitcher's duel. I love the super athletes. A guy like Alec Manoa, I really enjoy watching. Uh, you know, I'll watch him any night that he's pitching. Same with, you know, Cy God, who's going to be throwing tonight for the Jays against the Cardinals. But I'm just a home run guy, and I totally agree with everything you just said. And, you know, I know the juice baseballs also <laughs> very good for the game, too. You don't want it to be, you know, anything off the bat goes, like, into the sky and out of the park. But, you know, there needs to be a fair mix because right now seeing everybody turn into, you know, superb pitchers is uh, definitely killing the audience perspective for guys like me. And I know they're out there. There's definitely a lot of guys that share the same perspective as me. But, uh, you know, that's just uh, something that I think they really need to find a good mix in. And one note. Frustrating. One note I'd like to add, uh, you know, as a Jays fan, you know, Aaron Judge is the one guy that I honestly have been a fan of you know, since he kind of had his little uh, uprising as a rookie. But I will say, I am enjoying the success because deep down, I'm hoping that he plays his way out of New York. And, you know, he gets that contract that they just don't want to pay him. So, you know, that's me on the thinking on the bright side of things. But uh, no, you you go ahead. You go ahead. All right, let's talk with the next thing now, the next topic here. This Jays team, and, you know, I was looking at splits today, the metrics and all that stuff for this team, because it is evident Last night, this team was only held to four hits by the Cardinals. And yes, Michaelis did, you know, a fair job to him. He's, you know, had a really nice season. The Cardinals pitching is not the greatest, but that's a good baseball team. They're carried by their offense. That's for sure. I think they have like the second best offense in the league right now. Um, but, you know, this Blue Jays team, their record at home. So at Rogers Center, they're 14 and eight. And when they're on the road, they're eight and 12. Obviously, you want to be better at home than on the road. That's just obvious no matter what sport you're watching for your team. But, you know, is there some cause for concern here with the Jays' record away? And, yes, I know Tropicana Field is kind of their, uh, you know, I guess their trip tonight. Yeah, so, you know, they just had a trip up there. But looking at their away record, is that something that you have for concern about? Because, you know, you kind of want to have that at the 500 level instead of under 500. Yeah, I mean – I think you're right in that department. Uh, I mean, I got to be honest. I think we've all, as Jay fans, have come to accept that the uh, the trop is just one big uh, death zone for Blue Jay baseball. But um, other than that, no, I think uh, I think it is cause for concern. Uh, but I think that's just kind of one of the challenges uh, of having a team that's so young and knows that they're contenders. Uh, being able to, you know, go into every building. Because, again, you know, last year we were like the fun group that would walk into the building, you know, hit some baseballs, walk out with a couple Ws. It was nice. But now, you know, People are, they're gunning for us. They know that we're ranked as probably, you know, one of the most talented teams with some of the highest expectations. So we walk into an opponent's building. They want to come out and watch us because they want to see their team beat us. They want to come out here and know that they're capable of beating a team of our caliber, right? And on the flip side, as a young contending team, we have to be mentally tough enough to go in there and get those victories. Unfortunately, you know, it hasn't been the case. And that's where the kind of mental toughness comes into play. But I think uh, overall, they just have to be better flat out. Uh, there's really no excuse offensively you got to be better uh, and you know the bullpen really has to be better too uh, you know some of that is decision making and some of that is you know which guy belongs in what spot and that's for uh, Charlie to figure out you know and us for uh, and for us to critique but you know I think overall yeah they just have to be better yeah I agree with that you know the Jays definitely have the pedigree this season. They definitely have the eye of the league. Um, but now it's time we transition into Charlie Montoya. And the reason I want to bring up Montoya now is because of 
you know, we're talking about the home and away splits. And uh, I think this is a perfect time to mention this. You know, this team, you could tell it's tense. And I, I have no doubt that losing Simeon and the pieces they lost last season, even a guy like Dickerson, like, you know, morale-wise in the, you know, the clubhouse, the appreciation they have for Corey, you know, we just saw them go and rug and hug him yesterday. All big hugs, huge smiles. But, like, the dancing last year with Simeon, like, all this stuff, like, you could tell that they definitely lost some of their locker, like, their clubhouse guys. But right now, everything looks tense. And Montoyo, the reason why he became the manager and all this stuff was more more because he is a, a morale guy. Like, he's a morale manager. And, um, you know, right now, things look a lot, a lot, a lot more tense than anything I've seen with Montoyo as the manager. And, you know, me and you have talked about this a lot. Charlie's had his ups and downs. The bullpen, we're going to get into in a little bit, but this team looks really tense. Don't you agree? Like watching them play baseball night tonight, they look like they are really down right now. And this is something we haven't seen Charlie really, you know, work with in the past. And as a morale coach, I expect him to find something, but right now it's, it just feels like everybody's on themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of visible. You can kind of feel the tension through the screen, to be honest. Um, you know, it's almost like they're playing, not even scared. They're just playing, expecting something to go wrong. Um, I think that's, you know, that's not where you want to be mentally. As an athlete, you have to be in the mind frame that, you know, you're going to go out there and you're going to succeed uh, and trust in your team to get the job done. But, you know, I, I can't help but feel like there's a sense of like, I don't want to say that they don't believe in each other, but, you know, I feel like there is a lack of faith in the team at the moment. And I think that's where Charlie has to shine. You know, it's clear that, you know, bullpen management isn't his strength and that's okay. It doesn't seem like that's why he was hired, but why he was hired was because he knew how to bring a collection of guys together. And if we're not seeing that, then I don't really know what he's doing there. Yeah. Like, you know, this team, they're young, they're fun. They, they know how to play. They're just, you know, super athletes, but right now they like, you know, it's tough to say in the sport of baseball because, you know, I cover all sports here in Toronto for Battleborn fans talking. You know, in hockey, you can say, well, the coach lost the change room. You know, they need a different voice. And here, you know, in baseball, this world, uh, coaching and managing is so different. And, you know, you know, him being a manager that's more player driven and morale driven, this is supposed to be his specialty is to get these guys just to relax and out of this funk and you know, you brought to my attention before we recorded this that I, it's still in my head because I can't stop laughing. Is You said this was really the first year that we kind of saw Montoya show some emotion and get himself ejected. Like, that's so true. Like, you know, we finally saw it happen. He looks like even himself, like he's starting to get a little tense. And, you know, that's where I started to get worried because this team looks like they're missing that just comfort zone. And, you know, they're going, they're going to the plate. They're swinging at stuff they shouldn't be. We talked about that with Vladdy. Vladdy last season, you know, that was like his specialty. But this season, the chase rates went up, you know, throughout the whole clubhouse. And um, they just look like they need to relax. This is a great baseball team. They have a lot of potential within them. I really think they're just that one crack away from really breaking out something special this summer. I think they... You know, the, everything's tense, and we see it in every single sport. Like, no matter if you want to go look at soccer, we always see these teams that are super tense with, you know, being so young and all this potential. Like, even if you want to look across, you know, the city of Toronto, the, the Maple Leafs, right? Like, the Maple Leafs, too, have had this point in their season last year where everything was tense, right? And you have Austin Matthews, who's kind of like the Vladdy Guerrero. 
you have Marner who's kind of like Boba Shet. And when the city is on you and stuff like that, it can be hard. And right now, everything, everybody just looks hostile. They look very, you know, I guess, unease. And, you know, rightly so. The media is coming to tell you, like, oh, the Jays are struggling, this and that. The offense is dead. You know, they're, they're doing everything they can. They're hitting the baseball with power and stuff like that. I just feel like they're really on themselves and they're frustrated. And, you know, Montoyo, if he wants to, you know, keep managing this baseball team, I'm going to look at, you know, how we could bounce out from this because we haven't really seen this kind of situation before. And, you know, now we get to the bullpen and his bullpen managing, like you talked about bringing out Barucky in that moment. And yes, <laughs> losing on a grand slam is tough, but I want to, hear, I want to hear more about your opinion on his, bullpen management because uh it has definitely been something that you know this isn't a problem that just started this has been a problem for at least a couple seasons now and i'm starting to get frustrated and i can't lie yeah i do want to have one more point going back though to the whole uh you know they're swinging the bats well thing uh yeah i think exactly that's it they are if you look at the numbers they are hitting the ball hard and well the problem is now with these expectations as a young team they're getting frustrated when they're not seeing results that's why you're seeing the spike in their, you know, their chase percentage because guys want to make things happen. Let's be honest, Bo and Vlad, they made things happen last year. They want to do the exact same thing now, but they know there's more pressure on them. So you're seeing them kind of, you know, Bo, obviously he always chases. We know that. But, you know, especially Vlad in particular, we're seeing him, you know, expand his zone trying to make something happen. And that's where a guy like Charlie has to come in and ease the, you know, ease the crowd so that they know, you know, these players know that it's not all on their shoulders. They can take a walk. They can get on base. They can allow another guy to do the job. And I think they have to get themselves out of their own head. Now, moving on to the whole bullpen thing. Yeah, I mean, his management hasn't been great at all. A lot of decisions he's making doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I mean, I will give him one, um, you know, a little bit of leeway in the fact that this bullpen doesn't have a lot of swing and miss stuff. I mean, sure, there are some solid relievers in the bullpen, but there's nobody outside of Romano who, you know, in a big spot, you need to strand a runner who you can go to to get a strikeout. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, sure, maybe the odd uh, Jimmy Garcia outing, but even he's looked shaky at times. I think there really isn't that presence that can go in there who isn't Romano and strike out a guy in a big spot. Regardless, Barucky was the wrong move in that situation. He was. Arguably, Phelps was the wrong move in that situation to start the inning. Given what it was, you have to put Romano in that. The team's struggling, you know, sure, you want to save him until you have a lead. Well, you're not going to have a lead if you don't even give yourself another opportunity to hit, right? You got to get there before you can win it, you know? Um, you know, and I think the whole Simber thing, same kind of idea, you know? Not, not that Simber isn't a good reliever, but in a, you know, in a ball game where the tying run is, you know, in scoring position and you need to strand that runner, a pitch-to-contact pitcher like Simber is the wrong decision. It just flat out is. You know, maybe we don't have that, uh, you know, level of arm, but that means if that's the case, we need to go out and get it. But regardless, I just don't think Simber was the decision or was the right decision for that. And, you know, Romano should have had that extra inning. Um, I think, you know, I think Charlie had a statement saying that he tried it in New York or sorry, in Houston, uh, and it was the same situation and it didn't work. Uh, well, honestly, we were up in that game, so he didn't even remember it correctly to begin with. We were up in that uh, Houston game and they just happened to hit a walk-off home run. That happens, okay? Nobody's perfect. Regardless, you need to get your team to the next inning. If that means putting Romano in, that means putting your best reliever in. That's just how it goes. I, I can't say I've been happy recently with his decisions. I think they've been poor. 
Uh, and he flat out has to be better with his bullpen management. And if it simply isn't that he has enough talent, then they have to go get some. Yeah, for like you, you have to. You can't. You can't go the rest of the season with this many pitch to contact guys because you know situations like this last night just proved to you that yeah, you like pitch to contact guys. They can be good. They can be useful for sure. Adam Simber, you know, I love him and what he does with this team, but you do need some, you know, dirty strikeout kind of guys here. And they're, that's why you look at the best bullpens in the league right now. They have a lot of these guys. And yes, this is a team that does have an overflow of pitch to contact guys and going out and finding relievers that are more strikeout dominant. They're hard to find because usually when you have those guys, you want to hang on to them as a team, no matter if you are a bottom feeder or not. Um, but that point of you bringing up that they have to go out and get some, they do. And they did a great job last year with changing the bullpen and fixing it. So credit to management there, but this year they, they need one of those guys. And yes, we know they need some offense. They need a lefty bat as well, but right now they need that strikeout guy because, you know, look at last night's a perfect example. I don't want to get to October, uh, you know, knock on wood that this team, I don't jinx anything, but. You know, I don't want to get to October and we have this situation and, you know, we're bringing up another pitching to contact guy and, you know, the ball leaves the park again, losing on a grand slam, you know, that hurts. Um, you know, that's something that I want to stay away from. And I can only imagine if, you know, this game down the road here repeats itself when the stakes are a little higher against an opponent that is possibly in your own division, because right now the Yankees are driving the baseball well and, you know, a pitching to contact bullpen, a team like the Yankees, you have a high chance of seeing in the playoffs. I want to stay away from that. So, you know, I think uh, that wraps up, wraps really where we want to leave off for today. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow, uh, hopefully recapping a Blue Jays win tonight. Gauze against Hicks. I like the Jays' chances for sure, the way Gosman's been playing. But, you know, the Cardinals' offense is hot. So, going to be a very entertaining baseball game i cannot wait hopefully <laughs> the time speeds up because we're still a little bit away but nick any last words uh, you want to say here on this episode uh before we're back here tomorrow yeah let's give uh Gosman some run support how about that oh oh yeah but uh no i think other than that uh they're gonna have to turn it around uh it, it'll come sooner or later this team is too talented at the end of the day uh you just hope that it starts sooner rather than later uh, and like I told you, I think once they do turn it around, I don't think we'll see uh, this kind of down, or at least not to this level, this extent, this kind of down uh, trend, uh, both morale and uh, execution later on in the year. I think this is our big thing. If they're able to overcome it mentally, I think we'll have a very strong uh, rest of the season. I agree with that. Let's hope that that is soon. I think they, I think it's close. I think, they're just that one moment away, no matter if it's a walk-off win, something to get the vibes going. Because when the vibes are good, this team is good. And we saw that last year with all the dancing in the clubhouse and all that stuff, the fun jokes with tying up Vladdy. And, you know, they just look real tense right now, but they're going to break out of it. We saw with the Raptors as well this season. I already mentioned the Leafs. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what happens in sports, especially when you're a young team. And all the Toronto sports teams are so young. So it feels like we're just seeing the same thing. But you know, the way that the Jays, I mean, the way that the Leafs and Raptor seasons went after that was very nice. So hopefully the Jays get a little bit of a better result in the postseason like those other teams didn't. But uh, no, they're definitely close. And I'm so excited to see what this Jays team can do here down the road. That's all from us today, folks. You're at the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. 
Nick, thanks again for joining me. We will be back uh, tomorrow to talk on uh, the Jays off day uh, before we talk about the big weeks coming for your Blue Jays. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. Stripping all these cats.